The Yankees game Monday night has been canceled against the Phillies after 11 Marlins players tested positive for COVID. Should we be concerned about the future of this MLB season? With little help from Mother Nature and some bad Nats base running, the Yankees took two out of three in D.C. to open the season. Nelly and I chat with Yes Network commentator and friend of the program, Ken Singleton, about James Paxton, Giancarlo Stanton, and the Yankees' two-and-one start. All that and more next on the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. All rise, here's a Pinstripe Pod. Welcome to the Pinstripe Pod, a New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Chris Sheard, alongside my co-host, former Yankee and four-time World Series champion Jeff Nelson. Follow us on Twitter at Chris Sheard. Yes, is myself. And at NYNelly43 is Mr. Nelson. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you use Apple, please give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review. Ken Singleton joins us later in the show, but right now my co-host joins me. That would be Nelly. Well, Nelly, 2020 just keeps getting better and better. Uh, as we said before, you can't predict baseball and you can't predict COVID-19. You cover the Miami Marlins, where this is now the epicenter of the breakout of COVID in Major League Baseball now. So just give us a little background, if you can, on what happened and where we are right now. Can it be selfish and say, what the heck are they doing? I want to work. You know, I mean, I've been waiting for this, you know, all season for something to happen. The next thing you know, uh, you know, half their team or a third of their team go down. You know, from what I understand is Jorge Alfaro, one of their catchers, a starting catcher. I don't know if he got it in Miami. They say that a lot of them got it, contracted it in Atlanta, where they played two exhibition games before going and traveling to Philly. Tested positive, but they didn't find out until they were in Philly. So on that plane, and it's probably an hour and a half, I would say, plane ride to Philly from Atlanta. You know, you have all the open air. You don't really know what players are doing. I mean, you, if you have food on the plane, you obviously have to take off your mask. I mean, you're, you're going to drink something. You're taking off your mask. I know everybody and most of the players are probably doing the best they can to keep themselves safe. But it was almost inevitable that some of the guys on the team was going to catch this. And sure enough, uh, yesterday, Jose Urena got banged or from his start because he tested positive. Then more guys. And then all of a sudden you hear this today that 14 or so members, including some mem- members of the coaching staff tested positive and they were supposed to be home for their home opener against the Orioles. Now the schedule makes no sense to me why you go from Philadelphia to Miami to play Baltimore and then back to Baltimore to play two games. So they stayed in Philadelphia. I think uh, they'll wind up traveling down to Baltimore at some point. I know the Orioles are going home tonight uh, back to Baltimore. So maybe they play tomorrow, uh, but the Marlins will have to dip into that 60 man player pool And from what I understand, they're going out and seeing if there's any other veteran players that got released from teams that maybe they can pick up to have a respectful team. You know, they did win the first two out of three from Philadelphia. And if their pitching did well, maybe they had a chance. But uh, this is not this is probably not good news, obviously. But, you know, you you feel bad for baseball because it just started and you feel bad for the Marlins. Well, in in honor of the Yankees opponent, uh, which was supposed to start tonight and last over the next four days, two in Philly and two in New York, that would be the Philadelphia Phillies and their new manager, the old Yankees manager, Joe Girardi, what he used to say a lot of times when things didn't go the Yankees way when he was their skipper, it's not what you want. 
Well, this is definitely not what baseball wanted, Nelly, but this is definitely something that they had to have, you know, this had to be in the hopper. You know, they had to have this feeling like, all right, something like this may happen. Now, did they expect it to happen after the first weekend of playing games? No, but eventually at some point with this pandemic going around the entire country and hotspots popping up everywhere, it was inevitably going to happen at some point during this 60 game season. It happens. Uh, it shouldn't shock anybody. It's shocking that it happened so early, but I think baseball's doing the right thing. It looks like they're pressing on. The Yankees and Phillies game has been postponed for tonight, as well as you just said, the Orioles and the Marlins. The Marlins are supposed to have their home opener. Baseball's doing the right thing. They're taking a deep breath. They're taking a collective step back, which both of us were in the same church and in the same pew on this. You don't cancel the season because of one little hiccup like this. You got to just recalibrate and you got to keep playing games and you got to keep running the tests. Baseball to me, I don't know. I'll let you speak for yourself, but baseball to me is doing the right thing here by not over panicking and just shutting the season down. No, I mean, they didn't go into this blind. You know, I was listening to some high executives with other teams on the radio and, and not one owner or Major League Baseball or the Players Association, Rob Manford included, they didn't go in this blind thinking that this was never going to happen. They probably knew that this was going to happen and this is how we're going to address it. And actually with this happening to one team and hopefully Philadelphia who, who was tested and every member tested today and they'll see results and hopefully the Yankees and the Phillies get on and resume their play tomorrow. They knew this was going to happen. That's why they have 60 guys. You, you know, you dip into your player pool. It's just a shame that a third of a team is going to be decimated and from what I understand, there hasn't been any names. Some of their big high-level players, some of their guys that are in their starting lineup that actually did really well over the weekend are going to test positive for this or have tested positive for this. So, yeah, I think baseball is doing the right thing. And, and you learn from this, from what I understand. I think it was a great point by one of the executives for the Dodgers. They said you learn from this. You know, this, this happened. We knew it was going to happen. But now maybe we can learn even more by going forward and keeping guys even safer. Yeah, it's okay to reel things in a little bit now because of what happened. You have to be cautious if the Yankees and Phillies play tonight it would have been completely irresponsible we're both on the same page there too and here's you, the thing Chris yeah. here's the thing Chris you know I heard you know Don Manley came out and he says oh it's awful tough now you know on the road I actually it's easier for guys to be on the road because what you can contain them right in one hotel it's when they leave the park at home you, you can't contain them you don't know if they're going to their apartment if they're going home to their family you try to stress hey you, you cannot be in nightclubs you cannot not be around large gatherings and you have to keep safe but you don't know what guys do at home at least on the road you can kind of keep them in that so-called bubble that the nba and the nhl has yeah and lou williams of the clippers got caught out in a strip club in atlanta and now he has to quarantine himself after leaving the bubble so this is uh, bound to happen in in all these places that have these bubbles there's bound to be little hiccups here and there but again i don't think this is just my opinion here i don't think it's going to uh, run in and cancel the season really quickly Lindsay Adler, who writes for The Athletic, I should throw this out there as well. Uh, she tweeted just recently, for those curious about Tuesday's game, the Phillies had saliva testing done this morning at the ballpark, and the samples uh, are being taken to Rutgers University. It's a 90-minute drive, and they hope they hope they'll receive the results. As Ken Rosenthal said, the Yankees are in Philly for now, but everything is TBD. I saw another beat reporter, Mar Marley Rivera for ESPN. She said there, there is a thought maybe they can move the whole four game set to Yankee Stadium, but everything is still up in the air.
We still don't know what's going to happen with this Yankees Philly series, but Jeff, first and foremost, you have to make sure. And I know in, in the athletic article, a uh, column by Rosenthal and Jason Stark, it did say that there were two infectious disease experts that said the Phillies, the transmission to the Phillies was highly unlikely, but you still, you can't just fly by the seat of your pants with this stuff. You have to make sure the Phillies are okay and they're healthy before the Yankees even get in there, especially if you're the Yankee organization, you got to protect your players and your staff too. Oh, no doubt, because you don't want to lose Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton. Right. You don't want to lose uh, Flavor Torres. Yeah. No, I know. They got a great shot. They got off to a great start in Washington. You don't want to lose any of these guys. And the thing, if you see, and it's so hard, again, these players are used to high-fiving, slapping guys on the back, giving hugs, giving fist pumps, you name it. And you see that. You know, I watched all weekend a number of games, so a number of different teams, and they're high-fiving, and they're, and they're fist pumping, and they're doing, you know, I don't see anybody hugging, but they're doing things that they normally do during a regular season when there is not an out there isn't an outbreak so i know they have to try to stop that just a little bit but it's awful tough man it, i mean this game is such a stressful game and you know when you do something positive you want to let it out and other players want to high five you and if you notice chris you know the first baseman uh they don't have they don't have masks the catchers right. some of the catchers aren't even wearing masks under their mask uh is that something that they may do you know will the first baseman all of a sudden say hey you know somebody gets on first i'm gonna put on a mask hey, just so i don't get a contaminated yeah. And here's another thing. You're a reliever and your catcher, if, if he's been out there uh, all day in 97 degree weather, which is which it is today in the New York area uh, with the heat index going over 100. I need to ask a catcher this, but I, I don't know how comfortable a catcher would be back there sweating his rear end off, not only with his mask on to protect them but with the mask you know they, they they like to wear sunglasses to take down the glare and if they wear a mask it'll fog up the sunglasses they bake enough with the tools of ignorance i i, I know you want to be safe but even Gary Sanchez said a couple of weeks back he wasn't comfortable wearing a mask. So it's interesting you bring up catchers and first baseman too, because you always have that interaction, Jeff. Uh, if somebody gets on first, they're, they're talking to the first baseman. You know, they're oh, catching yeah. up. So yeah, absolutely, no doubt. You know, it, it's got to be tough. And you know, not to take this lightly, but back when I pitched and I had the catchers come out to talk to me, some of them I wish did wear a mask because their breath wasn't too right. So <laughs> you know, I, I wish they wore one on occasion. Hey, you know, you don't have to wear one behind the mask but if you're going to come out and talk to me and you got this exactly man please please wear a mask but you're right it, when you're it's 97 the midsummer i mean how are you wearing a mask you know as a catcher they're already sweating to death with the equipment that they have on and i'm not saying that i don't want them to be safe i'm thinking of their their health in general too you know when you're baking back there already with with a mask that you need to protect yourself it's hard to you know, if you have that, the little glare protector come down uh, over your eyes or you're wearing sunglasses under the mask, it's it's kind of hard to wear the surgical mask or, or a mask to, to to protect you from the coronavirus that'll fog up those glasses. It's it just, it's, it's around and around we go. Guys, I'm curious something. If this happened to say the Yankees and say Aaron Judge and big players uh, with guys testing, 11 Yankees test positive for COVID, does this change the direction baseball looks at it? Is there more fear? Because listen, we you know the Marlins are not good and they have a lot of players that people don't know but if this happened to the Yankees I think it could shake things up it could you know it could make a difference you know I I think other teams are going to look at it and say oh why just because the Yankees all of a sudden a third of their team go down what's the difference you know we're we have just as good a chance to win as anyone you know I know they're the New York Yankees but why why is all of a sudden things changed so I mean it could but 
I, I think the Major League Baseball takes this route, uh, what they've done now, and they have testing the Phillies. Hopefully that comes out okay, and maybe they might have to play the series in New York, or they play tomorrow. Maybe it's a doubleheader, who knows, in Philadelphia and goes on with the season. But it could. I mean, it's a great point, but, you know, other teams are going to look at it. Oh, what's so special about the Yankees? What about uh, – what, what what are they? Uh, what, what are they? The best team or, or or most popular team? I mean, how do they run things? Yeah, I, I agree with with what Nelly said. Uh, I don't think it changes at all. I think baseball still. I don't think they stand on the gas pedal, but I think they keep their foot on the gas pedal. Maybe they're idling a little bit as they inch by, as they're doing now. They didn't cancel any other or postpone any other games besides the Marlins and Orioles and Yankees and Phillies. Just you know where this is centralized, and I think they're doing the right thing. Everybody's still getting tested, you know, unless there's an outbreak that takes out the entire east i mean and that's what this could have done think about it for a second you know if if the yankees go into philadelphia tonight and then the phillies and the yankees and then whoever the yankees and the phillies play if they didn't catch it remember everybody's playing their time zone the east is playing the east the central's playing the central the west is playing the west and you know as this happened we, we already have an opt-out Tim Collins, Colorado Rockies pitcher, opts out after he gets this uh, Marlins news. So, you know, you're, you might see some more players opt out as well, Nelly. So th this is still on the early stages here. There's players showing concern over playing the Marlins in the future. So it's going to be interesting to see where we go. But as I said, I think baseball is doing the right thing. right? Now. Yeah, I understand. And I understand players. I mean, I understand some of them because of their wives were pregnant. They're expecting a baby. You look at Buster Posey, who just adopted uh, premature twins. You can understand those types. Type of, Absolutely. type of, you know, situations. But if a player goes and protects himself and says, hey, you know what? I want to play 60 games and I want a chance to go into the postseason. I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to do sanitizer. I'm going to stay out of large gatherings and I'm going to be basically by myself for two months. So I'll interact with my teammates. You'll stay healthy. You know, I can't see you picking it up. You know, if you're going to get a little crazy, if you're going to be uh, nonchalant saying, hey, I'm, I'm bulletproof and it's not going to happen to me, then you're going to wind up catching it and you're going to wind wind up affecting your friends yeah and clint frazier took holy hell for for wearing a mask and speaking out exactly, about it exactly exactly he took holy hell on twitter and now he's probably kicking back at the alternate site saying, see, I told you, you know, this is why I'm wearing the mask. I wanted to set a good example. And uh, yeah, let, let's get into some Yankee baseball here because there was baseball played over the weekend, Jeff. Actually, it started on Thursday, a long weekend with a built-in day off on Friday. What did you think of Garrett Cole's performance? Let's start there. Well, it's funny when he comes out and says, oh, I really didn't have my best stuff. You know, I, I know he got in into some counts that he was behind on some hitters. But, I mean, this is how electric this guy is, that he was able to get the fastball right by him. I mean, his breaking ball might not have been as sharp. I mean, this is his first start. I think it helped a little bit that there wasn't fans in the stands and maybe it was on the road. Probably eased a little bit of the butterflies, but you know you're going to have them. I mean, this is your first start. You're kicking off the season. It should have started back in April. So I thought he had great stuff or he had stuff that, hey, if he doesn't have his best stuff, he's going to get by and he's going to do what he did. Uh, he throws the first complete game of the season even though it was five innings, he only gave up the one home run, uh, the one run to Eaton, and that was it. I thought he was. I thought he looked great. Let's move on. Let's do rapid fire here. We're going to talk about the Yankees too with Ken Singleton of the Yes Network. That's coming up in a little bit. But first, I'll I'll, I'll throw these at Nelly. Uh, James Paxton threw in game two on Saturday. Now, his last 11 games uh, last season, he was 10-0 and with a 2.51 ERA. As we all remember, he came out in game five after taking a quarter zone shot in his back, and he beat the Astros. That Those 11 games, opposition slashed 177, 248, and 298. Nine of those 11 starts, he allowed two runs or less, went at least five in every start and six plus in seven of those games. But 
the velocity wasn't there on Saturday. I want to see how much this concerns you, Jeff, because last year he was averaging just a tick under 96, and the fastball on Saturday just got over 92 at 92.1. How much of a red flag is that? I mean, he's coming back from back surgery. Let's not forget about that, but how much of a red flag is the velocity being down? You know, you give those stats to New Yorkers, and they say, okay, who cares? That was last year. What has he done for me lately? And then that's, that's the way things are <laughs> in New York. Jackson disease. <laughs> yeah. What have you done for me lately? Exactly. He wouldn't have started the season on time because of the back. So he probably would have started. What do you think me? He would have been back by maybe end of June or maybe in the beginning yeah, of June. Yeah, of course. Um, you don't know what guys did, you know, during this layoff between spring training and summer camp 2.0. So you don't know how much they threw, how, what, what intensity level that they had. Uh, so you're asking the starters to really ramp up uh, their, their throwing program once they get into Yankee Stadium for 2.0. I mean, you already see Corey Kluber and Justin Verlander, two big starters, one for the Rangers and Kluber and Verlander for the Astros. They've already gone down. And I think probably because of the shortened spring training and who knows what they did to keep themselves going before that, uh, you, you know, it, it'll be concerning if he continues, Paxton continues this about as far as the velocity not creeping up. Uh, it's tough to give guys a pass because you have 60 games in the season. You know, if you had 162, hey, it's just the first start. Don't worry about it. You know, I'm not going to worry about it right now. I want to see him in, in his next start. And if his velocity hasn't creeped up, then maybe he is uh, maybe not 100% yet. Maybe he's still thinking about his back and, and that's causing him to hold back just a little. Yeah, I heard Ron Darling today on MLB Network on the early morning show that they had he said in 162 game season eh, if you go for four you go for four you know if you have a bad outing you have a bad outing he said exactly what you said in a 60 game season that oh for four a bad outing everything is magnified right because the season is so shortened and uh the yankees they lose that game on saturday they come back and they win their opener game on sunday three to two this game really really changed when tommy canely came into this game jeff and i have to ask you about this you were a shutdown lockdown reliever and Canely has been great uh, last year and now this first outing of, of this season and his changeup was absolutely filthy gets out of a bases loaded jam in the eighth can you just break down what you saw with his changeup and how he handled that situation well, you, you know, he had to pass. He had to pass ball when he had first and second, with only one out. Next thing you know, it's second, third, one out, and the tying run is sitting there at third base, ninety feet away. And and from for what he did to be able to strike out two hitters in a row, uh, you know, it's incredible. You know, he has a nasty changeup, but it all comes off that fastball. So you know, as a, as a hitter, the guy throws ninety six to ninety eight miles an hour. So you can't you can't sit there and say I'm going to sit changeup. And next thing you know, that ninety eight's looking like a hundred and ninety eight, and that's that's what makes him so effective because hey I can't I can't lay off the fastball I got to still be able to at least foul it off and next thing you know that 90 mile an hour sinking changeup comes in and it's devastating it's like a Bugs Bunny and these guys are just drilling themselves in the ground and it's a huge confidence build because that could have easily turned the other way and the Nationals could have won two out of three but instead he got out of that big jam he had a base stupid base running mistake by the Nationals in the ninth and so the bullpen for the Yankees have done an outstanding job and actually you know that opener I mean look at Loisa I mean, he did a pretty decent job through the first three innings. He did. He did. And the Yankees entire staff kept them close. And that's exactly what they have to do in those kind of games, in those situations. And since you brought up Bugs Bunny, happy 80th birthday to Bugs Bunny, by the way. One wow. of my, uh, yeah, one of my um, favorite babysitters <laughs> when I was a kid. Um <laughs> How about a Bugs Bunny Halloween costume when you had Did the you really? oh, when you had the plastic with the uh, rubber band? Oh yeah, in the back that <laughs> used to snap you in the back of the head after a while when it broke. 
Yeah, it was $5 at Rite Aid, and then you would take it out, and five minutes after putting it on, the, the damn rubber band would break, and oh, your yeah, mother yeah. would have to break out the stapler. Oh, yeah. You had 10 staples on. in each side just holding this damn rubber band in. <laughs> anyway, how about Emilio Bonifacio trying to steal third? Nobody out after a walk. Uh, he gets gunned down at third after he overslides the bait in the ninth. An awful mistake. Britain seals the deal after catching that break, by the way. Nelly, have you ever had a guy in your career make a blunder like that that took you out of a game and your thoughts on what you saw there? Oh, you see it a lot. You see a lot of bonehead baseball, base running mistakes, you, you know, and you don't understand it. Uh, Bonifacio is a veteran player. He's been around a long time. And actually, I think he had the longest stint as a national when he first, I think it was like 2008 or whatever, all the way till now, uh, as far as being on the nationals team. But, you know, as a veteran player, you don't make those kind of mistakes. Yes, he would have been safe if he didn't overslide the bag, but still, Davey Martinez have got to be saying, what are you doing? Even if you're, even if you steal the bag, oh, I know you're trying to catch somebody asleep and maybe because of Sanchez and, and not being shorthanded back there that, oh, okay, maybe we can steal a run and steal a tying run, but still you're in scoring position. What are you doing? You just let the Yankees off the, off the, off the hook right there. And if you're Zach Britton, you're saying, Hey, thank you very much. There, there, there was some, uh, conjecture and some, uh, Gary Sanchez hate after that pass ball. So I have to ask you after watching it and after watching the replay, I mean, he, he had a decent game and he also gunned down Bonifacio after the pass ball that put him there. Uh, so I have to ask you, it looked to me like maybe it was a, a little bit of a cross up. I, I, I have to defend him a little bit. It just didn't look like uh, he and Britain were on the same page there. Yeah, you know, Britain has such a nasty sinking fastball, and sometimes, you know, it really handcuffs a catcher. And, and Sanchez's receiving has gotten a lot better, I thought, you yeah, know, especially yeah. this year. Yeah. You know, and, and he's all worked sudden, hard on it, too. Exactly. And all of a sudden you say, here we go again. And and in New York, and I think probably anywhere, but most of New York, because you have such a high media level, media presence, things start creeping in your head. You start thinking about it, and you say, oh, here we go again. You know, I'm, I hear more pass balls. Are they, what are they saying about me now? Are they saying stuff on TV? Are they writing about me? Heck, I'm going to wind up giving up the game here because I made a blunder. And he should have just turned his palm over and he would have been able to catch it then. Britain's got nasty stuff. And it just so happened it wound up being a pass ball. And it well it didn't cost him, but, you know, it wound up playing to the Yankees' advantage. But, you know, hopefully that stuff doesn't creep in your head. I've seen a lot of the media and the fans when a player constantly makes mistakes, for instance, Chuck Knobloch. It, uh, you know, as soon as you get the ball, you start thinking, oh, my God, I can't even hit Tino Martinez in the chest with this and you wind up throwing it in the stands because you start thinking about it instead of doing your natural movement as a baseball player an athlete and, and you don't think you, you know you just automatically it's like it's like second nature throwing the ball to home or throwing the ball to the ba a base and when guys go through this they think about it too much yeah, it's hard to block out. It really is. And that's a tremendous point that you brought up because once once the machinations start in your brain after something happens like that, after a mistake, things could, could start to go wrong and things could start to snowball, uh, like starting it at the top of Everest before it hits base camp. Uh, Nelly, let's welcome in now someone who never got frazzled in his career, that's for sure. The, the one and only, the great Kenny Singleton of the Yes Network.
And we bring in now Ken Singleton. You could follow him on Twitter at 29alltime. He's our Yes Network colleague. And I say our because he works with both Jeff Nelson and I at the Yes Network. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Let's talk about uh, what the Yankees did do in the first weekend of this Major League Baseball season down in Washington, D.C. against the defending champion Nationals. And it started with that rain-shortened five-inning win uh, over Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole, who gave up the one homer to Adam Eaton, but he looks solid and the Yankees win that game 4-1. They take two of three from Washington. You know, as Meatloaf once said, Kenny, two out of three ain't bad, especially against the the defending national, uh, the, the defending World Series champions. Well, if you look at it over a 60-game season, you're on pace to win 40 games, which which should definitely get you to the playoffs. Uh, and I think, uh, as Nelly would say, when you go into a three-game series, that's, your, well, that's what you want. You want to take two out of three. I think Cole did set uh, the tone, and we saw what type of pitcher he can be. I didn't think... To me, he wasn't as sharp as I've seen him in the past, and he still allowed just one run. He was behind on several hitters and still had was has enough stuff so he can still get hitters out when he's behind in the count. Now, he gave up the one run, the home run by Adam Eaton, but the Yankees uh, provided him with the, the margin stamp with the homer, judge with a big double, and uh, the Yankees went on to win that game. Even though I don't think Cole was at his best, they still won in the rain-shortened game. And by the way, that was some sort of storm. That that was actually up here near my house, too, and it was it was uh, no fun to be around. Cole, yeah, you're absolutely right. Cole was outstanding, and I thought, you know, even being behind, he was able to get he was able to get hitters out with his fastball. He's just that good. And, you know, just to get that first one out of the way, and even though there was no stands, there had to be some butterflies and some jitters going through, putting on that uniform and, and opening day. The one concern I have, you know, I'm glad that, you know, I'm really happy that they won two out of three the bullpen really looks good offensively uh, you had Stanton Torres with the big day on Sunday is starting pitching you look at Paxton a little bit disappointing only lasting an inning and then all of a sudden because of Tanaka's not ready you had to open it up with a bullpen day and you know to me I would like to see them get a little bit more I guess a little bit more solid in, the, in that rotational part of their game that's the only thing that I think that they lack yeah, I, I, it depends. I think Tanaka is only supposed to miss one start, so he should be back, and hopefully he'll be on his game. Uh, you're right with Paxton. I, I didn't think uh, his fastball didn't look explosive. He was down a couple of notches in miles per hour. His breaking stuff I thought was okay, but uh, he just didn't have it. And uh, the Nationals were able to take advantage of that and put up a lot of runs. You know, I'm, I'm glad the Yankees' nice comeback on Sunday to win the game, uh, down 2 nothing, getting into the latter stages of the game, and then they turn on the power with the home runs by uh, Torres and Boyd to tie the game. And then uh, I think you mentioned the bullpen, Nelly, and I think we cannot overlook what Tommy Canely was able to do. I, I thought that was the turning point in the game when he was able to get out of that major jam you know, with a couple of strikeouts on that 90-mile-an-hour uh, changeup, if you will. And uh, I, I just think that that was the turning point, kept the Nationals off the board, and the Yankees were able to get that hit from Gleyber Torres to win the game and, and get out of Washington winning two out of three. And uh, now I think you'll agree, and Chris, when you win on getaway day to take a series, that makes that plane ride or that bus ride or whatever, train ride, it makes it much more comfortable for players. You, you get out of town with a smile on your face. You guys would know that better than me, for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm usually driving back in my car after one of my games. The beer tastes a lot better. I used to have... <laughs> 
I think Kenny, I, I think Kenny, you, uh, you probably know this guy, Jay Ward. He used to be my double A manager and he, he, his, one of his sayings was the beer always tastes better when you, when you win and win a two out of three. And if not, it tastes like mule pee. <laughs> and I guarantee you, <laughs> you win two out of three, the beer tastes better. Yeah. I remember Jay. Yeah. Nice guy. Great guy. Uh, let me, let me go back to James Paxton here for a second, Kenny. And listen, the guy's coming off of back surgery. Uh, he's been throwing since May. So it is a little disconcerting that the velocity still isn't back. He was averaging close to 96 miles an hour last season. Uh, it was 95.7 to be exact. And he didn't go over 92.1 in his first start. But you're talking about a guy who had back surgery, who maybe have, who maybe has something going on with his mechanics. Aaron Boone brought that up. Uh, his release point was a little lower. So he, he could still be trying to figure things out. I, I just think, Kenny, that Bad starts, especially early by your number two guy, as he is in this rotation right now with Tanaka on the mend. They're just magnified more, aren't they, especially early in the season? Yeah, I, I think uh, you can be rest assured that uh, he's going over video to look at what he did last year, how he threw the ball last year. And I have to agree with you, it looked like his arm slot was a little low. And uh, he was more or less like pushing the ball to me. And that can lower your velocity. So if it's mechanical and he's physically 100% uh, or as close to 100% as a pitcher can be, I, I think that uh, he'll get it back. So, you know, one bad start is not going to, uh, you know, it's not going to make me feel too concern. I just think that, uh, you know, maybe he would pitch better if the Yankees were getting him some early runs and he, he felt a little more comfortable. You know, he's had some trouble in early innings last year. That that was his problem, particularly the first inning. Just didn't look 100% to me, just right from the outset. I know he had a 1-2-3 first inning, but it just looked like uh, he just wasn't on his game. Yeah, the one thing that is concerning, if it is, if he is 100% great and it's just a mechanical issue that they figure it out in the bullpen then he comes back his next start and he's fine because obviously he's got great stuff and being a free agent this year, he has he has to pitch well uh, to go out on that market. Uh, but if he is, if his arm slot is lower, you're wondering, okay, with the back, is he trying to compensate somehow? If he says, oh, you know what, I still feel it when I get on top of the baseball, maybe I have to drop my arm angle a little bit to be able to not feel that twinge or not feel uh, that that certain spot in that back that might hurt after he releases the ball. I hope that's not the case. You know, it could be like uh, when a pitcher comes back from an arm injury or arm surgery, you have to convince your mentally have to convince yourself that yeah, I can let it go. Maybe maybe that's sort of the issue here even though it's not the arm it was the back but it's certainly something to do with his body and trying to you know feel 100 percent again or mentally feel 100 percent then go now in spring training he looked okay too going way back to march so i i just think it was one of those things that happens and hopefully that his next time out he looks more like james pax we don't have to worry about uh john stanton looking like john stanton kenny he's gotten off to a hot start and uh, i mean he's he's just crushing the ball right now what have you seen anything differently or is this just a healthy Giancarlo Stanton who's doing what Giancarlo Stanton does yeah two home runs close to a thousand feet he looks ready I think to me he's primed to have a really good year uh I think that uh you know here's a guy who when he gets hot and uh, he looks like he's locked in right now I know he had a day where he struck out three times, but if he's not chasing that slider down and away, and Nelly will tell you, if he just kind of lets it go and, and, you know, pitcher falls behind on the count and has to come in, it's almost like you're feared, you know, because 
you know, balls on that par. <laughs> the people who sit up in those seats, even though there's nobody there now, they don't expect to get a baseball during the course of the game. You know, sometimes those seats are far enough away. The game's just a rumor. You know, just just. Uh... It's like a pinball machine on tilt. If he lets that slider yeah. go, if he lets that slider go, and they have to come to him, Kenny, it's it's lights out. Game over. Yeah, right now he looks really, really good. Um, and uh, if you're a Yankee fan right now, you got to hope that he's coming up with men on base time and time again here in the early going of the season where uh, uh, where he can make something happen. You know, another thing, too, uh, in the first game, he had a base at the right field that drove in a run. So that tells you he's kind of locked in, not completely just trying to pull the ball and hit it thousand feet he, he, he'll go with a pitch got a base hit i think it was a hanging slider out away from him but if you hang a slider middle in uh nelly will tell you you're not getting it back no and the one thing that i've noticed you know after he got hit in the face in miami when he's playing for the marlins he was really timid of that inside pitch and he did change his stance just a little bit obviously to close off to maybe try to stay in on the ball because it was easy to get him in and then all of a sudden you just pound him away with sliders or even fastballs and he wasn't covering that outside part of the plate. It seems to me, especially just, I know it's only been three games, that he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable with that inside pitch. He's not pulling off as much. And when you're covering the outside part of the plate like he did, like that, uh, maybe it was a fastball or slider up and away, and he hit it to right field for an RBI, uh, you know, that that's nice to see that he's starting to get comfortable again and he doesn't mind getting thrown inside and he's not flinching as much as he used to. Yeah, uh, now, Nelly, of course, uh, you originally from the Baltimore area. You remember Paul Blair, and uh, he also played with the Yankees for a while, too. When Mike first came to Baltimore, Blair, a couple of years earlier, had been hit in the face. Prior to that, he was a pretty good hitter, along with being a gold-glove center fielder. You know, just uh, one of the better players in the league. But he kind of lost his desire to go after the pitchers on the outer half of the plate. Now, well, the first year I got to Baltimore, I actually batted just in front of Blair. I let off, and he batted second. And... I, I was on second with a double, and he got called called out on strikes on a pitch over the outside corner. And when I came back to the dugout, he asked me, was that a strike? And I said, yeah, it was. And he said, you're crazy. No, it wasn't. I said, I said Junior, I wouldn't lie to you. I, you know, it, it, it had the corner. But he was stepping in the bucket. There's no way he could, could have reached that pitch. And it was kind of a shame to watch him go through that because he wasn't the hitter that he had been in the past, certainly the same type of defender. But he just uh, wouldn't go after those pitches on the outer half and I told him I said look it was a strike if, if you don't believe me just don't ask me anymore so. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny uh Stanton looks like he's on uh you are always on my friend and we we appreciate the time uh that you give us and you're now a friend of the program you're a two-timer and we hope to have you back uh soon 29 all time on Twitter Ken Singleton our Yes Network colleague thank you so much for joining us it's a pleasure talking to both of you guys and, and any time, it'd be my pleasure. My pleasure. That's a wrap for episode 13 of the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown, as always, for producing the show. Make sure to subscribe to the Pinstripe Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars on Apple and write a nice review, please. For Yankees great Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We will be back on Thursday as we recap the first three of four against the Phillies and look ahead to the three games set against the rival Red Sox this weekend. Talk to you all Thursday. Stay safe, folks.